0: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law
1: top five leagues are like buses you wait ages for one and then three come along at the same time liga the bundesliga and the premier league are back baby and so to our weekend previews. I'm joined by Mike LaHood and Jonathan Johnson as we look ahead to the sexiest fixtures and biggest storyline as the French, the German, the English top flights return to our screens. The Kegolazo first weekend preview of the campaign begins right now. Hey everybody, welcome to Kegolazo. Thank you so much for being part of the family. Kegolazo pod on Twitter, youtube.com forward slash By the way, 20,000 subscribers. We're getting so close on that. Thank you so much. Michael Lahoud, how are you, buddy?
2: Uh, I couldn't sleep last night because I was thinking about this show and having a talk about Manchester United. But fortunately, (laughs) that'll be a small window. So I'm coming back to life, but I'm good. Cannot wait to get into today's show. It's a small window. It's a sinking window, though,
1: Michael So get ready to talk about Manchester United. But Jonathan Johnson, I have missed you, buddy. My villa... Fiend, my friend, my companion, my brother, how are you? How excited are you about seeing Diego Carlos just being the mountain that he is at the back, my friend? How are you, buddy?
3: hey my man doing very well thanks welcome back great to have you back with us and yeah mm-hmm. i'm super excited i mean to be honest i'm kind of surprised that they haven't already named diego carlos signing of the season player of the season which just basically given us preach. that champions league so oh, we're crazy. obviously going to be shooting there we
2: go this is the villa villa last. i'm off hey. i'm off see you guys yeah, you wow. know the,
3: the funny the funny thing is mike was saying how he wasn't able to sleep in the in, in the build-up to this show neither was i but for different reasons because i'm now involved in this CBS draft fantasy football thing, so my phone keeps pinging. So if if I get interrupted during this show, it's probably a call for me to have to put Diego Carlos in my fantasy team with the draft. You better, my friend, or Leon Bailey. I'm telling you, he'll be a hmm. good little uh, tap in as well. But Jonathan, he, he, he better after that after his completely useless <laughs> debut season. I think he owes us now.
1: Well, that summer, I'm looking for big things. Hey, by the way, regarding that fantasy draft, uh, I want I want you to keep us updated. Okay. Hmm. On who you have drafted and who you have got. I think it'll be fun for the viewers and the listeners and then Michael and I All right, well uh, you've got
3: you've got two already. You've got Song, uh, <laughs> okay. who was my first pick, and you've got Edward Mendy, who is my second. Ooh.
1: Very good. Son, by the way, the a player of the season. Remember Michael yep. from our Premier yep. league previous show. There yep. you go. Well, so far, Jonathan Johnson, you're doing well. I expect at least two Villa players in this lineup, my friend. So make sure that <laughs> bad, you the bad, the bad
3: news is Coutinho was taken
1: and it wow. wasn't by me. Well, it's okay. (laughs) Emiliano Wendy is still available, buddy. Welcome, everybody, to our first weekend preview of the season. Thank you so much for being here. As we mentioned in the intro, the Premier League, the Bundesliga, Liga, they're all returning this week and so excited. And we begin, of course, in the Premier League. And as I mentioned, don't forget to watch or listen to the Premier League preview, the full-packed episode with Michael LaHood, yours truly, and Jimmy Conrad. It's already out. That's where we really get into it regarding the Premier League. So right now we're going to focus on a few matches and then we'll move on. But the first thing that we want to talk about regarding the Premier League, we have to go chronological here because Crystal Palace, Patrick Vieira facing his former side against Arsenal. That kicks everything else. It's Friday Eastern, 3 p.m. Eastern. Very excited for this one. Arsenal have done some great business this summer. Gabriel Jesus leading the line as well. Sinchenko in that one. Let's begin with you, Michael LaHood. Crystal Palace against Arsenal. Last season, Mm. Michael LaHood, Palace did one of the best performances in the campaign. And they beat Arsenal pretty resoundingly. How say you when it comes to this game right now?
2: Well, last season, I, I like to think of that game is the Malice at the Palace, the Crystal Palace <laughs> edition. Just rem- just take you back in time. the The original Malice at the Palace, Ron Test just leapfrogging, and I feel like Ron Test was Crystal Palace leapfrogging, going after that fan who is Arsenal, who is just jawing, talking Champions League, Europa League. Yeah, we're back, and then just smash them for ninety minutes. This season, I think it's going to be different. There's what a difference a year makes. With Mikel Arteta, last season, Arsenal, very young team, youngest team in the Premier League and had some misfiring attackers, misfiring striker, want striker, and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang this season. Gabriel Jesus looks to be the real deal, and they've been building. This is a long-term project, Adu, and... Mikel Arteta, they deserve all the credit for the the business that's been done. And it looks like the Cronkies are actually shelling out money finally. And this looks like it could be the swan song for Arsenal to start the season in the right way. Because last season, 0-3 to start the Prem. They don't want to relive that.
3: Yeah, I mean, this one for me is really curious because I feel like, I mean, I know that we're not really speculating over Arteta's future at this moment in time, but it's almost like it's an audition for the future with Vieira, especially given the way that how things have gone for him with Palace uh, since his arrival. I mean, his reputation took a little bit of a hit post-MLS when he went to Nice, wasn't really the right time for that project as we see now because it's in a much better place. But I think nobody really expected him to have the kind of success that he had with Palace, at least not, uh, you know, in his day. Season And I think between that sort of the positive first season and some of the additions that they've made over the summer, I'm a huge fan of Sheik Ducori, who they brought in in midfield from Lens. Uh, I was surprised that he went for as cheap as he he did, uh, you know, sort of around the 25 million mark when he's for my money, one of the best uh, midfielders in Ligue 1 last season, perhaps put in the shade slightly by teammate Seko Fufana, but it's, for me, I I think Palace are definitely a team to to watch. Obviously, for me, they've got a lot of uh, ex-French-based talents, which is kind of like my strategy with fantasy football, really, but uh, (laughs) no, they've they've, they've got a team that's really easy on the eye, a lot of talented players who could develop and and push on. There's a lot of young talents and there, a lot Mm -hmm. to like, which is something that we weren't saying about Palace about a year or so ago. So for me, uh, I think this one could be a, a tricky one for Arsenal to start the season. And I I think that Palace will have a good campaign. I'm not going to go as far as saying that they're sort of definitely going to be in and around the European places. But I, th- I think they could be, you know, sort of in there fighting for for a place in the, in the top half of the table and maybe being a dark horse for continental qualification.
1: All right. Well, before we give out our predictions for this game, a few news, by the way. Uh, you mentioned, of course, uh, to Corey, you know, he's going to have to anchor that midfield. In turn of Conor Gallagher, who returned, of course, to his parent club, Chelsea. So this side looks a little bit different. Uh, there's a little bit of a goalkeeping situation for Crystal Palace. Jack this misses the opening game of the season. Uh, and so there's Sam Johnston, who's a new arrival as well. So uh, Guaita has to start between the sticks. Already you mentioned uh, Michael Lahuda about Arsenal Mikel Arteta's plan. Uh, Kieran Tierney, Emil Smith-Rowe. Uh, Tommy Azu and uh, Fabio Vieira, they're all going to be assessed for this one as well. But Sinchenko and Gabriel Jesus are set to start in this one. So it should be very exciting. I'm going to give my predictions and I'm going to go around the table here. Uh, but Michael LaHood, uh, you had something to add. But I'm going to say that yep. Arsenal are going to just win it 2-1. But go ahead, Michael. Uh, what do you have for us as you give us your predictions as well?
2: I think this game is going to come down to the impact of two players that a lot of people – probably will easily overlook one is Saliba for Arsenal. He he will make, finally make his Premier League debut A, a player, JJ that you watched at Marseille young player of the season in Ligue 1. This guy is making inroads in the French national team around the world cup year. Highly motivated, and I think this kid will be the real deal. He offers the composure, he offers the recovery and the pace that this Arsenal backline and consistency this Arsenal backline lacked at times last season. And then for Crystal Palace, the youngster, the number 10, Izzy, this guy, this kid is a star in the making. He looked good in, in the
1: summer, too. Oh,
2: yeah. I watched him in preseason, their last match where they were up 4 0 before they took all the stars off. And his connection and his ability to play on that right-hand side and have the free role, Patrick Vieira is getting the most out of him and instilling confidence in him. I think if he can dominate the midfield in the ways he's done in preseason, then Palace will win this game.
3: Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't disagree with that. I think it's, it's going to be a tight one. Uh, I fancy Arsenal to to get the win, but I don't think that that's going to dampen Palace's season too much. I, I do fancy mm. them to to improve and pick up and, uh, and and get into that sort of upper part of the of the table pretty swiftly after that.
1: All righty. Well, okay. Let's move on here because uh, Palace and Arsenal do kick off on Friday, but. We got some tasty games. As I said before, we're not going to talk about every single one. But let's talk about, you know, these teams that are clearly, you know, in the running for a top four spot and or, of course, the title as well. But let's begin with, uh, you know, the Saturday game. Everton against Chelsea. Uh, Frank Lampard also facing his former side. That's Saturday, 12.30 Eastern. Frank Lampard against, uh, well, his successor, really, (laughs) as well as Thomas Tuchel gets ready to face Everton. Chelsea on one side, you know, they're doing a few different things. Raheem Sterling's in, uh, as well as Koulibaly as well. And with the addition of obviously Thiago Silva's leadership, Kai Havertz leading up top as well, we'll have to wait and see what happens with Timo Werner if he indeed returns to RB Leipzig. But Chelsea, at least Tuchel will try and figure something out. Everton, however, they're an absolute mess. Uh, Richardson is gone. And Dominic Calvert-Lewin is gone for at least, he's out for at least until September, meaning that, you know, they're really running thin offensively. Dwight McNeil did come in. And of course, uh, you know, Tarkowski at the back. But this is this is a tough one. Uh, Jonathan Johnson as Everton face Chelsea. How do you see this one?
3: Well, guys, before we delve into this one, I've got I've got I've got I've got a major update. I've got the next draft pick. And crucially, Diego mm. Carlos is still available. So, yes. NME, the 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 Villa the Villa contingent is already growing within my ranks. I just it. I mean, I mean, honestly, honestly, they might as well just hand me the trophy now. I know, oh, right now, geez. absolutely
1: blitz this draft league. The <laughs> mountain of a centre back is Jonathan Johnson's for his team. I love it. JJ, talk to me about Everton Chelsea.
3: Yeah, I mean, are we really that high on Chelsea, given everything that's been going I'm on not, at the moment?
1: I'm not high on Chelsea. I'm high on Chelsea against Everton.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Chelsea against Everton. I mean, who, who would you
1: not be high on uh, going into a match against Everton at this moment? <laughs> yeah, in I guess my question to you, Jonathan, is uh, when you look at this game, it's the opening game. Obviously, you know, winning or losing doesn't matter that much in the grand scheme of things, but it could say a lot about at Everton's side, who, by the way, have looked disastrous. So, like, you know, losing to Chelsea, there's no shame in that, JJ. But losing badly, is that the meaning and the step of a more things to come for the Toffees?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm really curious to see how the next couple of weeks go, because if you look at mm-hmm. some of the business that Everton are supposedly doing at the moment, you've got Idrissa Gay potentially coming back to Goodison Park. You've got Anana mm-hmm. as well, maybe flying in from Lille. Uh, you know, for me, that, that would add a lot of metal to the midfield. Wouldn't necessarily add that much creativity. I don't know if I would sort of want to be pairing the two together because I don't think that that really gives you that much impetus going forward. But also at the same time, when you look at this Everton side, they're lacking in a lot of areas. Midfield being one of them uh, and certainly up top as well. I mean, I still think that my question for Everton is still the same one that I was asking a couple of weeks ago, you know, where are the goals going to come from? Especially yeah. now you've got an injury to Calvert-Lewin as well. I, I honestly, I think I'd be really worried if I was Lampard at this moment in time, given, uh, you know, the, the the sort of lack of realistic options out there, I guess, for for a club like Everton, you know, after the difficult season they had last season. So for me, I think that it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be... It could get ugly, but I don't think that that's necessarily going to be a statement of things to come for Chelsea. I think it's going to be a tough season for the Blues as well.
2: Yeah, when you look at their their team, and I, I watched the match. And I, look, you get the, the Sierra Leone broadcast package. You get all types of preseason games. <laughs> and I just happened to fall on the Everton one. Still trying to figure out, call me, we'll talk supporters, customers, relief hotline. <laughs> but back to the point at hand. When I, I mean, it's, it's actually, a miracle.
3: It's a miracle you're still on this pod. This. That's <laughs> what are saying about MLS?
2: <laughs> oh, geez, I know we, you had Jimmy yesterday, so I was just, I was te- just, messaging. I know, him I, I, missed, this I oh. missed this one. I missed this one. So when I when when I watched that game, this was an Everton team that desperation is the word I think of, and you haven't even kicked the ball for the Premier League season, and there's already a desperate feeling for them. They're desperate to ha- have a replacement up top, but when I look at it. Blackpool gave them a game with a full strength team. Yeah. They had everyone that's healthy, everyone that's available, and Delhi Alley scored two goals. And I I look at when you ask where the goal is going to come from. Now you're putting pressure and you, you're really putting responsibility on the likes of a Deli Alley to deliver. I think of Anthony Gordon, who's wearing the number 10 shirt. He's gonna have to become a player overnight. He's gonna have to become a, a blockbuster Premier League hit. And Tom Davies, like players who impacted that game, they looked more like a championship team. And it just made me think, I wonder if this is a sign of things to come for next season, because I don't see it so far for Everton.
1: Yeah. And the thing for me about Everton, and we'll move on uh, swiftly after this, after we give our predictions, is that it's a Frank Lampard thing. On HQ, I predicted that he would be the first manager to get sacked this season. And it's not so much about It's not all his fault, right? Everton Mm -hmm. really should have taken care of business once Richarlison left. You need more protection. Dwight McNeil's a fine player. He's not a number nine, right? But Frank Lampard tactically hasn't actually shown me anything to suggest that he's going to vastly improve this Everton side, and that's going to be tricky. So as we give our predictions, just a few team news, by the way. Timo Werner is a doubt for Chelsea, Mm -hmm. uh, though maybe by the time this game kicks off, he might already be in Germany. Uh, Raheem Sterling and Koulibaly are expected to start, and Belchil will. Uh, missed most of last season, so he comes back after injury. Salomon Rondon is suspended for Everton, who are also out without uh, Andres Towson, who are also without Shermis Coleman. Tom Davis and Andre Gomez are also out, and Alan is lacking match fitness, so it could be Alex Iwobi starting up front as well. So, all right, predictions here. I'm going with uh, 3-1 to Chelsea. Jonathan Johnson, what do you have?
3: That's a generous goal for Everton. I'm doing three-nil <laughs> yeah. Chelsea. Uh, well,
1: I was going back to your point, which I agree with. It's not going to be all great for Chelsea this time. It may be like a sneaky uh, own goal. maybe
3: happens. Well, I, I need those Edward Mendy clean sheets. For I <laughs> oh, that's right.
2: That's...
1: <laughs> so I, what I, do
2: you I'm going to actually usher in that one goal because the one thing that Chelsea, I think, could be vulnerable at was a strength that there last season. But Thiago Silva is getting older. And one of his weaknesses that we saw exploited by one Real Madrid and certain teams was set pieces. Mm. He's not the athlete that he used to be. Everton are very good at set pieces. You have Mina, you have Michael Keane, you have some big bodies. And I, I could see Everton playing a back five, a 5-4-1, which they deployed against Arsenal in the preseason friendlies. I'd see them really saying, let's get a foul. Let's pump balls in. I go 4-1 Chelsea.
1: Wow. All right. Well, we definitely have uh, more than two goals in this one uh, for everybody. And we have a Chelsea win no matter what. Let's quickly move on here in our Premier League preview. We've already talked Palace, Arsenal, Everton, Chelsea. Let's talk about this is a good game. West Ham hosting Man City Sunday, Mm -hmm. 11.30 a.m. Eastern. And by the way, in the backdrop of that, Fulham as well plays Liverpool. But we begin with just, you know, mainly with West Ham against Manchester City. Two very good teams, of course, the defending champions, Manchester City, against the West Ham side, who are looking to climb even higher at the table this time around uh, under David Moyes. Michael LaHood, what do you have for this one? West Ham face Man City. What a game.
2: I think we could be in for the shock result of the weekend. Remember when these two teams played last? West Ham was all over Manchester City. They were dominant. They frustrated them. And it was an own goal that saved city's Premier league title hopes. That was the result when that ball went in the back of the net. That's when you thought, okay, this, this is going to go down to the wire. This is city's title to lose fast forward to this year. There's a bit of excitement in the hammers camp. And maybe I'm the only one who's not even a West ham fan. Who's excited because they've added quality up top in Samaka. I think I'm very high on this player watching yeah, him in Serie A. And he, he just gives that added technical ability that, that, Mikel Antonio may not consistently have. And and now they have a different dimension. I could see this game being very close. And the fact that they're playing at home against a City team that will be under pressure with Erlen Holland with certain players to deliver on week one, I think City are still trying to figure out how to implement the big Norwegian and, and Jack Grealish. There's still some some question marks to be ironed out. And in addition, Manchester City, the last two seasons have not started the Premier League year well. They kind of start slow and then slingshot. So, surprises all the weekend. I'm picking West Ham.
3: Man, when we're talking about West Ham and Scamacca, LME, you must have loved the unveiling video for Scamacca. It <laughs> took you back to the days of Gazetta Football Italia, a bit of James oh, I, Richardson. Yeah. It's the
1: <laughs> One of the best unveilings that I've seen in a while. But they, just for that alone, I want to give West Ham a win against Manchester City. What do you think, Jojo, about this game? Because obviously, we did see some cracks in the community shield to what Mike LaHood was talking about, and Erling Haaland, a lot of pressure to go to, uh, you know, to go to West Ham and, and get going. What What do you think of this game, West Ham against West
3: Ham? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting early test uh, for Haaland and for City. Uh, like Mike said, City are not normally a team that fly out of the blocks. I mean, we know sort of once they hit their stride that, you know, they're going to be quite formidable. But I, I mean, I, I, I could see West Ham, you know, being a bit of a stone in their shoe. Um, I don't know if I can necessarily see a West Ham win, but I could certainly see a draw. And I think that so many of the title contenders are going to be really keen to start the season as quickly as possible, wrap up as many points as they can uh, before the the break for the World Cup, because mm. let's face it, a lot of those teams, they're going to be absolutely pillaged, uh, you know, by various nations for the World Cup. And then those players are going to come back extremely tired. So for me, I, th- I think that West Ham, you know, could uh, be a bit of a, a sticky obstacle for, for, for this West, uh, for, Man City. And I think as well with Haaland, it's going to take time to, to, to bed in and to, to gel. I mean, okay, Grealish and Haaland, two completely different players, but look how long it's taken for Grealish to even sort of get his feet under the table at Etihad Stadium. I I'd say that he's still, you know, not quite a lock uh you know to, to be in the starting eleven and sometimes doesn't even get in uh you know from a bench, and then when you add in those injury issues he's had, which is something that Haaland's been discovering in the early stage of his career as well. I don't think it's going to be the stroll in the park that many people make it out to be. And actually, in our predictions, uh, which will go up later this week, I don't have City as my title favourites. I've gone for Liverpool mm. instead. And I think that West Ham will give them a tough opening uh, to this campaign, and it'll be a draw this one. Score draw, though.
1: Well, you're in the majority of uh, Kewa Lasso here, because Michael Lahoud also has Liverpool. And so does Jimmy Conrad as well. By the way, Jack Grealish did score in this game against West Ham, but I don't see him starting yeah. here. I think Phil Foden will start it. In this well, one he's, got,
3: he's got to score against one team in Clareton Blue, but he <laughs> yeah. can't be
1: better. <laughs> yeah. unless, it's a, unless it's an own goal, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there's no doubt about it. Uh, uh, listen, uh, Michael, I don't know what you've done here, but you've really made me think very hard. Uh, Skamaka is, is, you know, alongside Michel Antonio and, and the great Jared Bowen, who clearly yeah. is going to be on a mission because he wants to be in that England plane heading to the World Cup. I'm going to give it a draw. I'm going to say 1-0. Yeah. What do you think, Mike?
2: Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go bold. I say two one West Ham.
1: Oh baby! I think Let's surprise result of
2: aesthetic. the of the season of the weekend. Um right. it, Crazy things happen in week one. We we saw that last season, and the first month of the Premier League season, in particular, you see crazy results. Teams are still trying to get their footing, and West Ham mean business.
1: Yeah, they do mean business. All right, Jonathan Johnson, tell me your prediction, but also tell me who are you thinking of drafting now.
3: You know what on the topic of the draft I'm still flabbergasted because like the the draft picks after me Somebody went for Bernardo Silva, who might leave City. Yes, yeah, that's, that, <laughs> that's that's not really a massive subject to debate. The big subject to debate, and I'm sure we'll get onto it with Michael Hude very soon, oh, no. is the next person after that drafted Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo. What? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Mad- like madness!
4: Abs- what are you doing? Who is amateurs
1: in your draft? Unbelievable! This
3: I is don't amazing. know. I don't know, but they're employed by CBS. So
1: I think HR oh, okay. is going to have HR is going to have to look into their contracts. <laughs> okay. well, Going to leave it that, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I'll just say this: drafting Ronaldo is so dangerous for so many yeah. reasons, including the fact that you can't even confront that he'll be in the stadium at halftime. <laughs> matchup, so it, I mean, I mean, also,
3: to... also, if you draft him, is, is he going to like get on the phone to you and like demand <laughs> to know why you haven't like triple captained him yeah. and stuff yeah. <laughs> like that? Exactly, exactly right.
1: All right, what do you have in this game, what's that United?
3: All right, I'm going for one-one. I'm going to say debut goal for Skeraka.
1: Yeah, mm. I like it.
3: I like, I like it. it. I'm thinking very hard about
1: this. You better draft him, Jonathan, if he's still available. Yeah. Could be a good one.
3: Is, to pick up. is he available? That is an interesting question. Let's have a yeah. look. I can't see him taken at the moment. Bowen has been taken. Antonio mm. has been taken. There's my next pick, if he's still available, Scamacca.
1: I love it. Yeah, I love it. All right, so let's look at the rest of the fixtures on the screen. There's Norris. Uh, and by the way, because of that game, full and play Liverpool, and I think all of us can agree that Liverpool should win that game, but here the Fixtures, the early kickoff on Saturday, Fulham host Liverpool, Bournemouth against the mighty Aston Villa, Leeds United against Wolves, Newcastle, Nottingham Forest, Tottenham, Southampton, Everton, Chelsea, we mentioned before we take a break. Let's talk about one game that you want to talk about uh, that we haven't mentioned here. Michael LaHood, one game that you're looking at, maybe you're going where I think you're going. And by the way, I didn't mention the other games. Come on, talk to me. It's got to be. It's got to be. Who is it?
2: Yeah, it's the obvious one. It's why I've got the shirt, the faded shirt, just in case they don't perform. You know, you got to make harking, your allegiance. Harking back, to,
3: harking back to better days.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, the Fergie days. Are, you know, this is the last yeah. uh, Fergie shirt that I have. No, I, obviously, Manchester United, I... I had the meltdown. Actually, I didn't feel like that was a meltdown, which I'm proud of myself. As no, I've said, my therapist. Good. And by the way, me... Manchester
1: United face Brighton, and that's a game on Sunday, along with yeah. West Ham and City and Leicester breakfast. So you're going with the Man United-Brighton yeah. game.
2: Yeah, I'm just I'm looking forward to seeing what life with Chris, without Cristiano Ronaldo in terms of the 11 that he puts out there will mm-hmm. look like, because I think we could be getting a maiden voyage of that. Anthony Martial. Is the player that I'm I'm excited to watch. I I like the snippets of what he offered with Sevilla. And just having that confidence, having that assurance that he will be the guy once Ronaldo and that business is done, I think you will see much more productivity like you did two seasons ago from the number nine for United. But it's going to be a big game for them to get off on the right foot.
1: A big game against a very ambitious Brighton. Jonathan Johnson, you have some thoughts on that game. And please pick yours. And if you don't pick the one I'm thinking about, I'm going to be very (laughs) angry.
3: I mean, on on Brighton, I think it's going to be really interesting because they haven't necessarily done the business that I expected them to do so far. And I think there might be, you know, a bit of disruption caused by the Kukureya situation like that Mm. dragging on. But also at the same time, I think many people might suspect that that will impact Brighton on the pitch and they could still be as solid as they were uh, last Mm. season. Remember, they started the campaign very, very strongly. I still have question marks over where the goals are coming from for, for Brighton, but that's perhaps something that they can solve between now and the end of the transfer window. But I, I I think United should have enough to get this done. It just depends on whether the whole CR7 situation turns into an absolute sideshow because I think Ten Hag should be applauded for what he said uh, earlier in the week. I don't think he should be slammed for that. You know, at the end of the day, these guys are paid millions to be professional footballers. I don't think it's too much to ask for a bit of professionalism from them. Yeah. Anyway, he should
1: 1,000% he should um, not be slammed for it. The thing yeah. that I have a problem with it's like, this is a professional club. This is Manchester United. How can a squad member leave at halftime? I don't care if you're Ronaldo or, you know, your fourth string goalkeeper. You don't leave the squad. <laughs> and that to me is just, in, it's insanity to me. Like I used to teach yeah. high school soccer here in, in New York City. And, you know, even my kids knew that. Like, you know, you don't leave a game. You stay with your team. That, that kind of message is so bad to like, the palestries or the young players who are looking up to you, is, it's not a good recipe, especially for Manchester United. Um, all right. I know that we can go on and on and on, on, but Jonathan, you have your, your game that you want to pick very quickly?
3: Yeah, of course. Aston Villa. It's where it's <laughs> where this podcast morphs <laughs> into like the Aston Villa hour.
2: Ah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, take be, out, out my you. headphones. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is, you know what? Michael, this is going to be very quick because Jonathan yeah. Johnson <clears> is going to <throat> tell you about the game because one thing, I, I, JJ, I'll just set you up here. Scott Barker, has already been on the mission of making <laughs> sure that everybody knows that Bournemouth are not ready for this game, right? Oh, so, exactly, so you... <laughs> exactly,
3: exactly. And if there's one team that's going to be charitable with the team that's it's not it's ready start, really yeah. I mean, the, the other the other way to look at it is like, the last time we started a Premier League campaign away at Bournemouth, we won. But guess we what did. happened that campaign? We got relegated. We were relegated. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is, it, is it necessarily a good omen if it happens?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, no, it for, me,
3: for, for, for me, I'm really keen to see if we can continue the momentum we built up in pre season. I'm feeling mm-hmm. cautiously optimistic for the season. We We spoke a little bit about Diego Carlos earlier. I mean, I think that it was a big decision from Stephen Gerrard to strip uh, Tyrone Mings of the captaincy. I know that Mings has come out and yeah. been very vocal and explained that he doesn't really see it as him being stripped of the captaincy, and you know John McGinn taking on that role. You know, he's also somebody who's integral to that group and and a really loud voice in the dressing room. I mean, I'm I'm keen to see sort of the players that Gerard no longer considers sort of indispensable within this group because you'd have to consider Mings as one of them now, uh, and I think. Given his comments, you know, it still sounds like we're looking for a goal scorer, still sounds like we're looking for a number eight. So whether some of these early performances could influence what we do on the transfer market. But no, I'm, I'm excited to see the boys get going again. And I hope we can make a fast start because I think that slow beginning to the season last season, not necessarily the the death spiral that uh, for Dean Smith. I think the slow start is mm-hmm. what really killed us because we were so distant from those teams, you know, who were. Round like the area of the table that we wanted to be in, challenging for Europe, that you know it almost kind of felt like tools were were downed before Christmas.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. Death taxes and playing away from home in the opening (laughs) game of the season for Aston Villa. (laughs) Let's hope we get three points against the Bournemouth side who's returning to the Premier League. We're going to take a break, everybody, when we come back. We go to Liga and the Bundesliga hmm. and a little bit more in Europe. And that will be the first weekend preview all done and dusted. Michael, who, Jonathan, Johnson, me, we'll be right back.
4: Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash So start your business journey today with Taylor
0: Brands. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
1: Preview, Michael who, Jonathan Johnson. Hey, by the way, Kiego Lasso is your home for all the latest soccer news analysis and interviews, and now you can represent your favorite part with official Kiego Lasso gear, only found in on the CBS Sports Store. Discover T-shirts, mugs, hoodies, pint glasses, hats. I'm still working on the backward snapback and much more to show the world how, <laughs> how tapped into the beautiful game you are. Right now, Kiego Lasso listeners will get 20% off when you order and when they use this podcast exclusive code golasso20 during checkout so make sure that you do that golasso20 during checkout that's golasso20 and it's only available for our listeners the link is in the description shop now and by the way i'm very mad at cbs right now you need to send me all the merch to all our team so we can showcase it it's really ridiculous it's disgusting and i'm going to be writing a complaint to mr cbs right after this <laughs> I, I
3: haven't i haven't had a chance to peruse the the, the collection just yeah. yet but I'm, I'm kind of wondering what like mug designs there might be is there like michael hood crying that's why
2: there, i keep my mugs blank because i'm waiting there, for the shipment yeah. to come <laughs> <laughs> is, there, yeah. is there me
3: like in my best shirt, like celebrating that del Rey success? Oh, listen, is there, oh, is there, oh, is there, is there Jimmy, Jimmy with any number of his terrible? Yeah, picks? yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> all I want, all I want is he- Hollywood Heath Pierce underwear. Yeah. that's all I care about. <laughs> yeah. That's all. I want. The,
3: cheese, the cheese pizza as well. That was
1: it. <laughs> yeah. That was a classic. Exactly, exactly right. But make sure that you check that out. Everybody, description, in the link. All right, uh, let's talk some uh, Bundesliga. By the way, mm-hmm. the Bundesliga preview. Is already out as well. That was a great one with Heath Pierce and Ian Podger, both who played in the league. So make sure you check that out. We go really deep into everything, all Bundesliga related. Related, but Jonathan Johnson, let's begin with you. Um, obviously, the storyline is Erling uh, Haaland is not in the league anymore. Robert Lewandowski is not in the league anymore. Sadio Mane is. Sebastian Haller, of course, has to deal uh, with the you know tr- the horrible news of uh, his. Uh, Uh, testicular tumor which hopefully we're wishing him the best for him to recover but Dortmund regardless will be fighting so it's Eintracht Frankfurt against Bayern Munich and Dortmund against Leverkusen very quickly on the Bundesliga those games and uh, it's uh, Bayern Munich to lose once again yes
3: yeah I I definitely feel that but I'm keen to see sort of what the post Lewandowski era looks like because I think Mane is a good fit um I mean, I think the the signing of Matisse Tell is interesting. I think that goals have been set perhaps a little too high for him, given that he hasn't even completed 90 minutes at senior level yet. But I don't doubt that Bayern will be, you know, the team to beat once again in the league. And then, you know, looking across some of the other early fixtures, I mean, I think there are still some very, very attractive matches that jump out. I mean, Dortmund Leverkusen is a heavyweight, uh, you know, tie in its own right. Uh, I think uh, Stuttgart away is a potentially tricky start for for Leipzig especially as Stuttgart have managed to keep Kaladzic. uh and being of a Cologne persuasion I'm looking at that game against Schalke you know having Schalke back in the Bundesliga immediately bouncing back is a big deal likewise with Werder Bremen as well so I'm yeah. you know I I think it's still a very attractive league despite losing stars of of the quality of Lewandowski and Haaland and with Haaland you knew it was only a matter of time it's it's almost yeah. I wouldn't say a miracle, but uh, you know, I think that Bundesliga fans are probably grateful for the amount of time that they got to have him in the league for, given how, you know, it was basically rumored that he'd be on his way. I don't know, maybe six months after joining Dortmund.
2: Yeah, when I when I think of Bayern Munich, I think they're scary good still in a different way. they become more explosive, adding Mane, and kudos to him for getting that debut German Super Cup goal. But the the storyline that I think is going to play out. Whether it's for good or for worse, Leroy Sane coming off the bench. Jamal Mm. Musiala playing left wing and really looking
1: very good these days. A central
2: left wing figure. And that imbalances teams much more than it did last year, where you have two out and out wingers in Gnabry and Sane. I wonder if Sane gets disgruntled. He did leave Manchester City to go back to Germany, not to sit on the bench, but to be a starter. And for the rest of the league, a team that really wowed me. Uh, with how they they competed in the Europa League, Frankfurt, Antrac Frankfurt. This is a sleeper team. Some of their players, Gabriel Sal, I love this guy. Swiss international. We'll see him at the World Cup. He will be a big money transfer move. And they, they're able to keep Kostic. Don't know how, but that could help them really compete more in the Bundesliga than in the Champions League. But it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the teams make it competitive. The Bundesliga, the last day of the Bundesliga. Don't know if anyone. Got to see it. Made me really appreciate the riding competition that's happening underneath Bayern Munich.
1: Do you think Michael and JJ jump in? Do you think that the Super Cup next week is going to be a distraction uh, for Antrek Frankfurt?
2: I don't think so. I think it's really a celebration of last year and really Hey, look, let's just give it our best and then move forward with the season and they'll be up for it. Anytime you can take the scalp of one of the world football giants in Real Madrid, that's something that it's a, it's a merit badge
1: of honor. And we've already seen what they do to German teams as well, right? They Barcelona, Barcelona, the Europa League last season as well. What do you think JJ? I mean, that's a, It's a very good team, a very tough test to open the Bundesliga. And then they got the Super Cup after that.
3: Yeah, but I also think they're probably pragmatic enough to look at it. And, you know, with all due respect to the Super Cup, it's an event, it's, an, it's a celebration, you know, winning the title at the end of the day. Sure, it's great having a bit of, uh, you know, extra silverware in the cabinet, but it doesn't really count for that much. And I think they'll, they'll be pragmatic enough to know that they should just enjoy that. Concentrate on making a good early start to the Bundesliga mm-hmm. because when a team like an Eintracht Frankfurt qualifies, you know, to get into the Champions League, <clears throat> there is always that struggle to sort of balance mm. between domestic yeah. and continental action. We saw it with Rennes a couple of years ago, uh, you know, and it has the potential to set these teams back. I like the the transfer business they've done this summer, uh, adding to what Mike said about uh, the, the players that they've brought in and the squad that they've managed to solidify. I think keeping in Dicker so far, this transfer window is a big, big plus. And I'm a huge fan of Randall Kolomorani who left Nantes on a free transfer for Frankfurt. Mm. So keep an eye out on uh, him. I don't necessarily think that Frankfurt, you know, will maybe be able to live up to last season's heroics, but I don't think that they'll be too distracted by the super cup. I'm more worried for them what happens once the group stage gets yeah. underway. Yeah. yeah,
1: obviously the last thing that we want is injuries or anything like that. So making sure that the season begins in the right way. All right, well, JJ, uh mm-hmm. it's Liga time. It's it's your time, basically. So first of all, obviously everything is about Paris Saint Germain. And Galtier, they've already won the Trophée the Champions Neymar was giving out the medals. He looked very happy, of course. Uh, Messi with a great opening goal as well. But talk to us about PSG as they enter league. Uh, is this, again, just like the Bayern Munich question, is this their league to lose? And most importantly, can Galtier take this side to that level? Finally, that level where not only are they champions domestically, but they're a force to be reckoned with elsewhere as yeah. well on the continent.
3: I mean, I think, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see how Galtier handles PSG in the Champions League. The early signs are very encouraging. Uh, as you mentioned, having a Neymar and Messi, not just performing on the pitch. I mean, OK, at the end of the day, Trophée de Champion, it's recognised in France as a as, as a trophy, as an actual piece of silverware. But I know there's a massive debate around whether you consider charity shields, Trophée de Champion, you know, an actual you know title to win but i think the most encouraging thing for psg was it was a very comprehensive performance neymar and messi looked motivated and that's in line with everything we've seen from them so far under galtier coming back early uh you know for pre-season training they're serious and whether that's because it's world cup year or whether it's because they want to make good uh you know in their second well, in messi's second season with psg and neymar sort of you know firing back at the critics who have said his time in paris should be over at the end of the day psg you know they are the team to beat domestically but also They're a team that haven't managed a domestic clean sweep for a couple of years now. And I think that PSG's absolute minimum service should be you know a strong performance in league and winning it not not at a canter you know but convincingly winning the coupe de france and you know going deep in europe you know i don't think that they should be trying to measure themselves against this kind of everything or nothing mentality of, if we don't win the champions league everything's a failure because i think what galtier and campos are doing if you you look at what's going on at psg day to day at the moment is they're trying to implement the The mentality change that really, you know, unfortunately was cut short under the likes of Carlo Ancelotti and is something, you know, massively overdue for PSG. Maybe it's come a bit too late. We'll have to wait and see. But... Better late than never, as they as they say, and I think that it's going to put PSG in a healthier position moving forward. And you look at some of the players who are suddenly being motivated to find themselves new clubs, and you know PSG, you know, actually finally starting to do some sensible business, which is quite refreshing, and I think bodes well, uh, you know, for this league on season because a lot of people are going to be curious to see how that plays out.
2: Well, a player who looked motivated on the field, Sergio Ramos getting on the score sheet in that match. But, too, yeah. Oh you know, yeah, looking like the are almost of all. JJ, question for you. It's so easy to just say it's PSG's league to win and everyone else is afterthoughts, but who are some of the contenders for this season that could go against PSG and get that league title?
3: I'm glad you asked me that because I've actually got a piece coming up which should be up later today where I talk about just a handful of the potential uh, challenges. So in my opinion, you've got the likes of Ren. Uh, you know, who have had a decent summer considering that they only lost Agued, uh and then uh, Matisse Tell. They've managed to keep together, you know, many of the, the, the stars of last season. And I think they will look to push on and, and try and solidify that second spot behind PSG Monaco. Another shout for me to sort of be best of the rest. I'm a little thrown by their start in the Champions League qualifiers, but, you know, given the benefit of the doubt, it's still a very solid squad, despite losing Chiumeni to to Real Madrid over the summer. And Lyon, who won't have any uh, European distractions this season, I think, given their sort of push towards, uh, you know, this homegrown approach with guys like Lacazette, Tolisa coming back, I think they're definitely going to be a team to watch. Nice, I think, could be dark horses. Uh, You know, you've got Guys like Kasper Schmeichel, Aaron Ramsey adding a lot of experience to that team. Uh, and I think Lucien Favre as well did very well uh, last time out with Nice. So if he can pick up where he left off. The ones I'm worried for are the likes of Marseille. It's been an absolute disaster for them so far this summer. They're already debating, you know, potentially getting rid of Tudor, given uh, his the, the way that he's interacted with some of the players early on. Uh, you know, Pauli leaving was not you know, a huge surprise, but also very disappointing for OM. And let's not forget, they lost Saliba, they lost Boubacar Kamara to, to Villa. So, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, worry around Stade Velodrome at, at this moment in time. And then the other kind of dark horses to potentially finish in the Champions League spots are Lille. Uh, Paolo Fonseca, I think that's a great get for them as coach. But my question is, you know, can they, uh, you know, rebuild after that uh, title success that they had a couple of years back? Their title defence was pretty pathetic last season. They had a good run in Europe, let's be fair to them. But for me, I think if they can get themselves back into European reckoning this season, they're perhaps a team to watch sort of with a view to the next uh, two years. But, you know, some really tasty fixtures coming up in the in the opening round of games as well. PSG away at Clermont, Monaco uh, away at Strasbourg. Uh, and then you've got Rennes against Lorient, which is a Breton derby. So, you know, fantastic way to kick off the season.
1: Yeah, it should be a good one. Liga is looking good. And by the way, PSG are not done yet in the transfer market, apparently. Renato Sanchez, of Mm -hmm. course, closing in. And Galtier is talking about maybe even three more signings coming in. Watch out, everybody. (laughs) Harissa Juma under Galtier could be a very scary thing indeed. All right, well, that's the end of our weekend preview, our first weekend preview of the season. Thank you so much for being part of the show. We always end it, of course, with final thoughts so Jonathan Johnson let's go with you first give me the draft pick have you got Skamaka <laughs> are you looking for somebody else have your final thoughts buddy
3: man that's a, that is a big question I'm just updating my draft now I'm not still fairly quite a way down the, the pecking order so I've seen that Alan Sam, Maximin, Chilwell, and Kulisevsky mm. have been picked up since then. So let's uh, let's Meh. see who I've got left uh, available to me once it gets back to me. I'm fingers crossed it'll be uh, Skimaka. But no, just final thoughts. Absolutely delighted the season's back, obviously. I will be leaving you next week on holiday for a bit, so look forward to some holiday snaps from me on Twitter. But after that, <laughs> looking forward to getting into the new season with you guys.
1: I love it, JJ. Love it. Michael, final thoughts, buddy.
2: A game that I purposely did not touch on for the preview that I want to leave for this moment. You picked Tottenham Hotspurs. I think we both picked Tottenham Hotspurs to be the team that raises a lot of eyebrows. I can't wait to watch them play Southampton this weekend. Uh, just to have the the Premier League back, to have European football back and coming back in waves. It, it's I said yesterday, in our preview show for the Prem, all seems right in the world, especially Premier League football, and all will seem right in the world, having another contender for this year's Premier League in Tottenham Hotspurs, mainly because my Tottenham friends can stop moaning Year in and year out, and they could just listen oh, okay. to me on this.
3: Never, year, never,
2: never, never, have, never,
3: never, never,
2: never, 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 just have to,
3: never have Tottenham fans. It's a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, 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 will,
1: they will win the Premier League and will still want to cause chaos. <laughs> but I do agree <laughs> with you. And I do agree with you. And on, on HQ, I did say, uh, human signs my player to watch, and mm. Antonio Conte will win manager of the season, is my prediction. Mm. I just think that this Tottenham side. They're not going to win the Premier League, but I think they're going to cause a lot of chaos up there. They just have to figure out how to balance the Champions League, of course. I, I agree. I
3: agree with you, LME. I just think you have to whisper it quietly because you don't no, want don't. to encourage the Spurs fans. <laughs> like pe- people always say, like, oh, you know, Villa—they're such fickle fans. <laughs> like you know, realis- unrealistic expectations—it's just crazy. Like if you think Villa fans are bad. Honestly, have a, have a chat with some of the Spurs fans. Are it's you so, kidding? Yeah. No, I've, I've got, I've got pretty free water. Free water.
2: Yeah, my two mates, Frank and Steph. I'm going to give them a shout out by name. I usually don't bring them up, but they, I, I tell you, it's gone from, ah, I don't think we're going to get anything in Europe to we're going to win it all. There's no one between. <laughs>
1: so I hear what
2: you're saying.
1: Well, I think you just uh, described the entire North London campaign as well, because Arsenal is <laughs> exactly the same. But regardless, uh, your point, Michael Huth, is exactly right. Uh, domestic competition in Europe is back, and we're so excited. And don't forget, by the way, that I, as I mentioned, Bundesliga full previews, uh, the Premier League next week, we'll have Serie A as well. So excited for that. And La Liga as well returning. Should be fantastic to watch Robert Lewandowski in La Liga, etc., etc. But we have weekend recaps and plenty more to come. Michael LaHood. Jonathan Johnson, LME. This was our weekend preview. Thank you so much. Make sure to follow us everywhere. Help us get to 20,000 subscribers. See you next time. Enjoy the weekend of action. Abdullah. Till then. (laughs) Bye-bye.